the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, inviting you to join the fight to end human trafficking. Look in the eyes to see. Look in me straight to leave. You give me all I need. So give me courage to believe. Each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists. You were in the neighborhoods we live in. You were in the ones we're passing by. You were in the ones we call our neighbors. And the ones who still sleep are Now here's the host of Abolition Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks, Dave, and welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with a very special guest, um, and I'm going to introduce her in just a moment, but I want to just say hi, shout out to my partner in justice, Miss Benita Hopkins. Hi, Benita. Um, she will not be with us today, but she's always with us in spirit, and uh, and we hope that uh, she's actually on her way to a uh, DeVos um, Urban Ministries outreach um, in, in Southern California. And we're super excited about that for her. So uh, in the meantime, we're holding down the fort here. I have with me the Director of Strategic Partnerships for Northern California for International Justice Mission, Amanda Vaz. Hi. Hi, Yeah. So we actually, we just ate. We, well... She ate. I watched. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but it was fun watching you. It looked like a yummy salad. So we just kind of caught up, but we're going to bring you into that discussion now. We're going to um, uh, really talk about some exciting things that IJM is always doing. I mean, just amazing um, rescues and and um, uh, ways in which they're going in and supporting uh, different uh, agencies internationally that are supporting people that are coming out of human trafficking, out of modern day slavery. Um, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about a local event, the Bay Area Prayer Night that's mm-hmm. happening on Sunday, tomorrow, uh, Sunday evening. I believe it starts at 6 p.m., right? That's right. The reception starts at 6 p.m. and the actual prayer gathering will start at 7 p.m. Yeah. So we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that, what that format looks like and right. and what we, you know, we hope to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. why don't we start off for those who hadn't heard from you, because you've been on the show before, but, um, yes. you, you know, it's been about a 
year. That's right. And so That's maybe right. tell a little bit about your background, how you got started in this fight, and uh, what you're doing with IGM these days. Yeah, I would be happy to. So thank you for, for having me and just allowing me to share some um, stories of the work of IGM with our listeners today. But yes, I have been, certainly had a heart for this work of justice and this work of human trafficking for quite some time. But I think I'm probably similar to a lot of our listeners. You hear some of these stories and you feel um, such a like visceral reaction and a, a strong desire to get engaged. But what to do with that can be challenging. Um, and so that started for me a number of years back when I was working in um, IT, in the healthcare IT space. And I had sort of some awareness of human trafficking and started educating myself more and reading more. And I came across some of the books of by Gary Haugen, who is the founder and um, still current CEO of International Justice Mission. And two of his books that I read really changed my perspective and changed my sort of outlook. One of those is called Just Courage. Mm. Something about the, the subtitle is something about the um, expedition of the restless Christian. Mm -hmm. And that really spoke to me, this, this sort of idea of we as Christians are not called to just sort of believe in these things that scripture teaches us, but we're actually called to participate. Mm -hmm. And we have a role to play in the injustice in our world. We have a role to play in the fight between good and evil. And and I've always felt that none of this is something that we get, just get to kind of sit on the sidelines and observe, but rather that we are just active participants in. Yes. So that was, was pretty um, life-changing for me. And then coming across his book, The Locust Effect, helped me understand what pervasive violence has to do with global poverty. Mm. And this idea that it's not just that poor people tend to be more um, at risk for violence, but that it's also the actual violence against them because they're poor that keeps them poor. Mm -hmm. And that sort of other side of the coin, yes. I think, is something that people don't often think about or don't really understand. Um, and through that book, which is a, a pretty dense and kind of academic look at the, the role of violence in extreme global poverty, it really sort of opened my eyes to what that looks like um, and just felt absolutely called to join in the fight in, in some way. Yeah. So it took a couple of years to convince my husband that we should quit our jobs and sell our house and move our kids across the country. So you're a salesperson, That's too. That's right. Huh? That is my background. <laughs> and I often joke that selling my husband on this whole transition is the greatest close of my life. Oh, so, so no doubt, no uh, doubt. So we, yes, yeah, so we moved our kids from the Midwest here to Northern California um, about this time last year. So wow. it's been a, been a good journey so far. That's awesome. So what does your husband do for a living? Yes, he is in education. He's a counselor by oh, background. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, has worked in as like a guidance counselor in oh, administration neat. and um, different schools throughout his, his career. Oh, that's wonderful. So, yeah, yeah, so there's plenty of need and demand for someone like that. That's right, especially, especially a, a male. Guy. That's right. <laughs> that's right. He can connect to those young guys in, in a much better way than I ever could. Yeah. That's for sure. Oh, that is just wonderful. Well, um, well, so I'm just so gra grateful that, you know, those those books sort of ministered to your heart mm -hmm. and, and caused you, pricked your heart to, mm. to get moving and mm -hmm. to get active. And uh, 
um, wow, and here we are. So now you're um, doing a, a bunch of wonderful things locally to get people motivated, activated yeah. in um, in this in the same area, right? And so, what do you do as in your role as you go and reach out to the community? What's your What's your charter? That's right. I think it's I think it's two parts. I think on one hand, there is a lot of education and raising awareness that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And it can be surprising at times that even when speaking to like highly high educated, highly influential, highly affluential crowds and audiences, there is still people who will be so surprised that this idea of modern day slavery still exists, mm-hmm. that human trafficking takes on the different forms that it takes on, as, yes. as we often discuss. Mm-hmm. And so many like wonderful people that come to us and say, wow, I had no idea. How did I not know about this? Yes. And then to help kind of walk them through, not only does this exist, but this is how you are affected by it directly. Like this is the role that you're playing in it through the goods that you buy or the the stores that you support or um, just the realities of things happening both in your community and beyond that you may not be doing anything about. And then to be able to help them understand that and then provide like very tactical and real things that they can do about it is just the greatest job in the world. So it's it's such a blessing to be able to um, both raise that awareness but then actively engage people in the fight and give them a very real um, way to be a part of ending slavery and ending human trafficking. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think for um, just uh, spending about 10 or 15 minutes with a person can literally be life changing for them. Absolutely. Um, giving them some scenarios and um, explaining how it works. And then all of a sudden the light bulb goes off and 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 then there's that hor- horrible realization that life is not as safe mm. as you know we once thought it was and that's right and and it's 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 a harsh reality mm-hmm. um i think i think that i'm i'm curious so have you noticed as you're doing your awareness um i assume you're talking to both you know men and women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and any 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 uh, standard patterns that you notice, mm. like when you're doing education with uh, with men, for example, yeah. I notice that there's uh, the rage that comes up, and yes. there's um, you know the, as they're contemplating that this is their daughter, their niece, That's right. their That's mom, right. that that this could potentially be happening, and in some instances, sometimes I see shame. Maybe they yes. participated in using porn or. Um, you know, and we know that, for example, um, I had a woman um, do a presentation with me um, at an event we did a, a couple of weeks ago called Stellium, and she's with the Visayan Foundation um, in in um, in the Philippines, and she has an orphanage mm. there, mm. and she was sharing that the youngest age of a person in her orphanage that's being cared for right now that has been exploited cyber via yeah. cyber sex is yeah. one years old. And and the horror, right, when she said and the people when we when we had our government do analysis to ask who are the people that are buying this child? It's Mm -hmm. predominantly people from the U.S. Mm -hmm. And so the horror comes over. So when we come back, I want, uh, you know, tell us about. The kind of reactions that mm-hmm. you're seeing in the audience uh, when you're doing your presentations. And then, um, you know, what is the reality of mm-hmm. what's going on in the Phil- You're working in the Philippines, mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. in different countries. What is going on and how are we 
playing a role in human trafficking and modern day slavery. We'll be right back with another session of Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. I'm in the studio today with the strategic uh, director of strategic partnerships of Northern California, Amanda Vaz, and uh, from IJM specifically. And um, we're just talking about modern day slavery, both locally and internationally. And I, you know, before the break, I was asking some questions about the reactions in the room when you do you you actually educate um, folks that are here in the U.S. And then and then, of course, what what are they actually looking at when, you know, what what's happening internationally or even locally when we see, um, you know, that there is this cyber sex as a form of human trafficking? Yeah. Yeah. So to your first question about the reactions from people here locally when they, they start to learn more about this work, um, I think it's it's mixed across the board. But what we see so often is just a very like emotional reaction at sort of a human level mm-hmm. that there is a basic like human dignity that is being abused and I think we all have some sense of like there are some things in life that are just not okay. Yes. And when you are confronted with that, it's sort of this moment of like, what are you going to do? Right. Are you going to participate in not allowing this to happen and not allowing this to be okay? Um, or are you going to choose not to? Right. And while that can be a, a hard and a difficult thing, because as you mentioned, there is sort of this reality that the world is not as safe, that the world is not as good, that the world is not as moral as I think it may be easy easy to to believe um there's also like deep, deep joy that can come from having the courage to like stand in the face of evil yes, and to play your part mm-hmm. in doing the will of the Lord and, mm-hmm. and to just doing um, good work for your fellow humans Yes, that I think can be really motivating and inspiring and joyful for people. So it's often surprising this juxtaposition of, of like heartache and darkness that so much like joy and courage and beauty can come Come out out of. of. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that's definitely stood out for me. Much of the work of IJM is in the work of sex trafficking, Mm -hmm. both in rescuing and restoring survivors of sex trafficking, but creating communities in which poor and vulnerable people are no longer in a position to be abused in the first place. Right. And with sex trafficking specifically, um, certainly not entirely, but the victims often are female, Mm -hmm. um, often young girls. And I think regardless of who you're speaking to, you have someone in your life that you put in that position, whether that's a daughter or a sister or a wife or a mother, someone you know that you just can't imagine being abused and humiliated and exploited in that way. Yes. And then to understand that all of that is man-made evil, mm-hmm. right? That only exists because there's a system in place that allows for it. Mm-hmm. A system where there is um, not enough accountability, not enough risk, not enough... Um, 
to stop the business people that are looking to just simply make money off of people that have less power than them. Right. So when you start to kind of understand the business of it and that this is a system that was created very purposefully and that can be changed very purposefully, you, you start to see that this is not something that's out of our control. This is not something that's happening by accident. Like this is a very like purposeful system mm-hmm. that we choose to either accept mm-hmm. and therefore um, – you know, promote and support, mm-hmm. even if by doing nothing, or we decide not to accept it yeah. and then do something about it. And I know that um, IJM's part of IJM's DNA is very much um, on the legal defense, you know, rescue and legally protect mm-hmm. um, those that have been rescued and restore rights, mm-hmm. educate people on rights. That's part of your DNA. So, you know, it ha- there's that almost like law enforcement feel in, in some Absolutely. of the areas that you're going mm-hmm. in. Right. Um, and and I, so I'm going to ask you some questions on, you know, what we have found as we've peeled back the onion on mm-hmm. the issue of human trafficking in the, in the U.S. is that oftentimes the people that are exploiting uh, the victims actually are um, victims themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you know, they may have escalated to a point, maybe even beyond, uh, I, I dare I say beyond repair, but just mm-hmm. just um, to a point of where they've really let that evil and those evil thoughts just per- permeate throughout mm-hmm. them. And of course, no one is beyond God's restoration, but um, there are these folks that are in this in between place, I will yeah. say, where they have not fully lost themselves and they are literally trying to survive and have maybe even encountered this by being corrupted by parents, by yeah. family, taught to be exploiters. Um, what is IJM's perspective on the on yeah. those people? It's a good question, and it's something that we really see firsthand because everything you described about our work is absolutely true. We we do work to restore the rights of the survivors, but part of what's pretty unique about IJM is that we are actually going after the criminals and prosecuting the perpetrators of these crimes as well. Mm -hmm. So in a very broken criminal justice system in the developing world where um, someone may, you know, traffic young girls in a brothel or hold families enslaved in a brick kiln, and they have really no risk of ever being held accountable for those crimes. So they can really run quite profitable businesses Mm -hmm. with very little risk introduced. So much of our work is doing the investigative work necessary to actually go after those criminals and prosecute them through the local law enforcement. And through doing that over and over again, very slowly starting to weed out a very corrupt um, judicial system and strengthen areas that had been very weak and very corrupt for years or decades. Mm -hmm. And over time, as we have seen, is, is in fact possible, create a society in which there is no longer impunity for these crimes Mm -hmm. and accountability is introduced. Mm-hmm. So I say that as background to, to answer your question about the actual criminals that we're looking to prosecute. We absolutely believe that these are people that are made in the image of God, mm-hmm. just like the rest of us, mm-hmm. and that these are people that deserve basic rights and, and absolutely have deserve uh, mercy and, and restoration as well. But that in really a environment of 
just no accountability and no risk. They're looking for the easiest way to make good money. Right. And they're coming from desperate places as well. Yeah. But we believe to our core that, you know, abusing the more vulnerable in order to get ahead is, is just not it's something not that right we're going to stand stand for. Right. Um, so that in holding them accountable, they're hopefully then being forced to to find other means to, to pay for their what to provide for themselves. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. But you're you're absolutely right that there's a lot of pain and a lot of um, darkness kind of in in their history as well. Yeah, it's just it's been very eye opening. Um, for me, and I think I started my journey um, almost, you know, s- somewhat angry mm-hmm. um, at exploiters and, and uh, you know, sort of out to get them kind of mindset. And yeah. the Lord really changed my heart yeah. and he's worked on me um, and saying, you know, yeah, you can hate the sin. I, I hate the sin, too. That's right. But, That's right. Um, but but love the person and see what I've, you know, what I've deposited in him or her and how they, you know, understand that there's a story there behind them getting there. And, and uh, one of my colleagues, um, Ashley Bryant, who's the CEO of uh, Three Strengths Global, uh, she, she goes out to San Quentin and she interviews um, the uh, inmates there. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that they have shared with her time and time again is as boys, she, um, uh, you know, as boys, they were molested, Mm -hmm. they were abused. And because they're boys, um, people, it fell on deaf ears. Like some, some lady had sex with you. Isn't that great? Like you're six and she's 14 and that should be a great thing, right? Because you're a player, Mm -hmm. you got it like that. And, and all of the ways in which our society, um, justifies the mm. abuse of boys. Mm-hmm. And so they became violent aside of them being corrupted by family members and, um, and then subjected to poverty and subjected to a great deal of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those, you know, I, I call it the making of an exploiter mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. um, step one, step two, step three. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a pretty successful formula. Mm-hmm. Like my husband says, uh, the streets are undefeated mm. and, uh, you know, if, if you're staying out in the streets and you don't have a way out, um, uh, you know, it's very likely you'll be conquered by this. And so which is which is why I think it's so great that you go into these places and brothels and places where people are, even as criminals. And mm-hmm. and you're bringing them hope, hopefully, mm-hmm. like you said, to, an, you know, an opportunity to change, turn over a new leaf. So when we come uh, back, um, I'd like to talk about whether you've ever seen an exploiter mm-hmm. change, you know, mm-hmm. come turn over a new leaf. If that's something that has come up, but uh, I'd love to know um, more on that. And then also just, again, some of the rescues that you guys mm-hmm. have done. Uh, amazing stories that I've heard and I want the listening audience to hear as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll be right back. And thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. 
welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with Amanda Vaz of IJM, and we're talking about uh, modern-day slavery internationally and locally. And we are kind of touching on the dynamic. It's a very um, sensitive dynamic when you're educating people about trafficking, number one, and and, and the roles in which all of us play in this in this. Uh, food chain, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, supply and demand. And um, and then, of course, uh, who we're talking about when we talk about victims and when we talk about uh, uh, perpetrators of, of uh, modern-day slavery. But you were just sharing during the break that you haven't necessarily seen the outcome of after, you know, a criminal has been prosecuted, whether they change. But you've seen passerbys, mm-hmm. those who stood by and watched something happen, and yeah. there's been a change of heart there. Maybe tell a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's sometimes a mis- misconception that there is just so much general corruption within a system, within a government, within a community, that nothing can really be done. And I think it's easy to come to that conclusion when you're kind of staying up at the 30,000-foot view, kind of mm-hmm. looking down and saying, well, there's just all this corruption and there's a lack of resources. But because we are like in the trenches in that community actually taking cases through the judicial system, we learn very quickly that it's not just this nebulous like system of corruption. There's just very specific corrupt points and corrupt people within that system that need to be held accountable. Mm -hmm. And that there's also people of goodwill that want to do the right thing and see people held accountable, see justice to serve and see that the um, system change that feel that they have no say, they have no power to really make a difference. So we've had a number of cases at IJM of people who maybe were a DJ at the bar that was really a brothel that Mm -hmm. had some understanding that there may be young girls in back that actually like start to work with us and start becoming Mm. um, key parts of our investigation and start seeing that actually there is, not only is this not okay, but there's real hope that this could change. Yes. So I think introducing that hope that this is not, I'm such a like broken system that there's nothing that can be done, but rather say this is a very broken system and we're going to find out exactly where it's broken. And then one by one, we're going to start fixing those broken places. And when that hope starts to come into the picture, I think we see a lot of people who had an understanding of what was going on, never felt empowered that they would ever see um, the the light at the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. and um, then are empowered to actually be become a part of the fight. Wow. So that's that's been really encouraging for us. Um, and I think this on this topic of the exploiter, it becomes really challenging when we've seen, for example, a lot of traditional sex trafficking, which was brothel based and the typical scenario. And this is not uh, by any means always the case. But the typical scenario is that a young girl through some sort of deception through a, an acquaintance is taken from her family and then forced through um, abusive violence into a, a into a brothel. And the family is sort of left innocently, like without her to look for her, to find her mm-hmm. um, and to try to get her back. As that crime has moved online, 
it's interesting to see how different of a crime sex trafficking is online compared Mm to brothel based. Mm -hmm. And not only are the victims a much different sort of demographic, but the perpetrators are as well. Mm -hmm. And we actually see more family members, caretakers, even parents as the exploiters of the young kids just in their, you know, in their homes in front of a webcam. And that's been a really, I think, difficult challenge for all of us who work in this space is to try to understand not only are we rescuing this very young child out of this sort of sexual abuse online, but that it's actually her mother or her father or her aunt or uncle that are um, exploiting her. So that is just a a difficult challenge that requires a lot of a lot of prayer for not only the victims, but the the exploiters as well. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, And that's the part where it's kind of, you know, when you start asking yourself these questions, right, like, why do people do this? And then you and then you get a grandmother or a mother who loves her her daughter Mm -hmm. dearly is now forcing her in front of a webcam. And and what's interesting is that I noticed that there's a, a, a sympathetic heart oftentimes that Absolutely. comes on the part of, well, maybe sometimes disgust on some people, but a lot of time there's like, gosh, this is, this must be a desperate mother. This must That's be right. a desperate grandmother. And so I just challenge people to think it's usually, especially, you know, some of these young boys here in the U S mm-hmm. who are doing this, an 18 to 24 year old boy, um, who maybe have just been pushed out of his foster home. Mm-hmm. He, there's a similar dynamic there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually it's out of necessity or out of being corrupted and taught that this is the right thing to do. And so, um, so just, just a little bit of a challenge for us to stretch our minds to that space and to, you know, because we tend to villainize that That's person. Right. Yeah. Um, but then there's the, this whole notion of, well, if you're on a camera, you're not actually being touched, mm-hmm. right? So it's not really damaging you mm-hmm. as much as if you were mm-hmm. physically being raped, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, you know, what, what, what's your perspective on that? Yeah. Well, I think one thing that is just often not very understood is what exactly is cyber sex trafficking. And yes. I will be the first to say that I was not entirely clear on mm-hmm. what exactly we were talking about when we said that. Is this child pornography? Is this naked photos? And it, the, I think the answer is it can very much be all of the above. And it can also be the very real sexual abuse that is happening in brothels that is just being recorded. Yeah. So oftentimes the consumer will be in the West, mm-hmm. um, very often here in the U.S., and often um, affluent, successful, you know, well-accomplished people, typically but not always men, that are paying to be able to live stream the sexual abuse of often children on the other side of the screen. Yeah. So they're directing the abuse, but the abuse that's happening on the other side is very real, very yes. physical. Yes. Um, and that that's how the money is being made is by the customer oftentimes here in the West paying for it. Yes. So I don't think that's well understood. I don't think the prevalence of it is well understood. Mm -hmm. Um, The number of referrals that our FBI, for example, is sending over to the Philippine FBI of the amount of cases we find here in the U.S., like we can track the customer and we can say that he's or she is, um, 
participating in this illicit activity, but then we have to send the referral overseas to go after those children. The number of referrals that are being sent are in the thousands each month just from the U.S. Yes. So the the prevalence of this, I think, is much wider, widespread than I would like to believe, Mm -hmm. than I think most of us would like to believe. But it's also helpful to see that this is not just on the fringe. You know, this is a fairly, this is fairly commonplace. Yes. And we all have a responsibility to to do something about that. Yeah. And so uh, speaking of that, doing something about it. We are getting together tomorrow. Yes. We are going to be praying yes. together fervently for God to move on the hearts yeah. of uh, those that are perpetrating these crimes, mm-hmm. those that are buying uh, these, you know, th- these sessions, if you will, mm-hmm. or these pictures, these mm-hmm. videos. Uh, and, and, you know, really, if, if God doesn't do it, it's not going to get done. That's right. He's got to move on the hearts of, of the of the people. And, you know, as you said earlier, I'm a firm, you know, Genesis 50, 20, what the enemy means for bad, God uses for good. Mm. And so all of these things, when you talk about that utter joy that you get when you take a stand, um, that is what you, you know, you and I. And, and those that are listening have the opportunity to uh, touch and agree with us in prayer. That's right. And 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 have the access to that joy. So when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about our Bay Area Prayer Night that's coming up tomorrow. Um, and, uh, and we'll learn more about how you can get involved in general with IJM. Thank you so much for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with Amanda Vaz of IJM, and we are talking about a variety of things, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all trying to equip you to uh, join us in the fight against human trafficking. We uh, ha- would like to extend an invitation to you to the Bay Area Prayer Night. IJM is hosting a night at uh, PBC, Peninsula Bible Church, Palo Alto. That's right. And that is at 6 p.m. And that is tomorrow, 6 p.m. That's Sunday. And we enjoy, we invite you to come out. Tell us what what's going to be happening there. How's that going to yeah, work? Yeah, we would would love to have you there. So starting at six p.m., we're going to have a, a partner reception where we'll have IJM staff and partners both available to speak a bit about our work, and we'll have a, a photo display and a, a number of different things for folks who come out. And then starting at seven p.m., we'll get into our actual prayer gathering, and this is really going to be a night of worship, a night of praising God for the work that He has done um, in human trafficking and just calling on him to do, to, to help us through this, to do more, to, to make the difference that we need to see. And the way we're going to structure that is, I think, going to be pretty interesting for folks. I, I hope it's going to be meaningful and that we're actually going to walk through the different portions of um, combating human trafficking, of the fight against human trafficking. So we're going to start with really digging into like the rescue portion of it. What does that look like? What work needs to be done to 
understand how to rescue a victim out of that situation. And then we're just going to open up to prayer over the specific rescues. And we're going to get very specific about the challenges, um, where we need help interceding on our behalf and where we really need to see God show up in order to move forward. And then we're going to kind of repeat that format for the different areas of the fight. We're going to have worship music. We're going to have your lovely dancers Mm -hmm. there. So Mm -hmm. we hope it to be just a really kind of inspiring and and beautiful evening of worship and and prayer together. Yes. I'm so excited. And the, um, the free to worship dance team is, is, um, just, they're just loving the, the fact that we get to come back again. And, um, you know, I, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. We have, uh, the address here for those who are listening. Peninsula Bible Church is at 3505 Middlefield Road in Palo Alto. And again, you know, just, uh, you'll get to hear about specific rescues that have happened and, and ways is that ways that we need to, um, pray specifically and uh, also we need to support IJM financially um, uh, with our time volunteering and raising awareness right mm-hmm. so there'll be mm-hmm. a call to action in all of those mm-hmm. areas and yeah. so uh, so so what else do you have going on in the community yeah so that's going to be our sort of um biggest event this spring and then we'll be working towards a weekend coming up this fall that we're calling Justice Weekend. It'll be the weekend of September 24th and we'll be hosting a number of what we call Freedom Sunday um, at a number of churches across the Bay Area where we are really calling on the church to lead us in this fight of ending modern day slavery in our lifetime. And we absolutely believe that it's going to be, you know, the people of Christ that lead that fight. So we will have IJM speakers. I'm speaking from the pulpit of a number of churches, as well as pastors and other faith leaders that are going to be speaking specifically about God's heart for justice, what scripture teaches us about um, our role Mm -hmm. in the fight for justice. And then we'll um, also kind of complement that with a number of events outside of the church as well, including a music concert, young professional event. So a number of events um, all focused on seeking justice and ending modern day slavery. And they will all come together for one weekend throughout the Bay Area at the end of September. Wow. That sounds so great. Yeah. And then you have um, a prayer, a time of prayer every year, right? Yeah. A different location. So this year it was in Washington. Is that right? Washington, D.C. is yes. where our global prayer gathering is. Yeah. yeah. And so that's something that um, will, I think we had it on our calendar, but it's something that I heard was went really well. Yeah. And something that, um, you know, I, I think we can even begin to pray about even now, just as you uh, work towards yeah. those times of gathering and and energizing right yeah. it's it's about energizing those that are in the on the front line and so mm-hmm. that they know encouraging them mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. know they're not alone yeah i think that's absolutely right and helping us to to see god's hand in all of this and one of the um verses in scripture that we really sort of rely upon is the story of Moses in Exodus where he sees God in the burning bush. Mm. And that scripture is, or that verse is often quoted because we learn God's heart for the, the poor and the abused and the oppressed. And he tells us that he hears the cry of the poor. But what's, what's equally as moving for me and insightful for me is that when God calls upon Moses to go and quite literally free the slaves, bring yes. the Israelites out of Egypt, Moses says, 
nice to him, but who am I? Like, who are you, Vanessa, <laughs> right. to try to bring all of these young girls throughout the Bay Area into safety? Right. How do you have the skills and the credentials and the courage and the confidence to do that? Who am I, Amanda, to do any of this? Yes. And God doesn't reply to Moses with all of these great things about him, right. all these great skills that we have. God simply says, I will be with you. Yes. And Ooh. you will know when my slaves are free yeah. that it was me because you will return to this mountain to worship. That's right. So, so much of what we believe is we are absolutely ill-equipped to do this oh work. Oh my gosh. But Foolish it's not things. us who are doing it. <laughs> if we all, you know, intend to obey Christ in all that we do and we work towards, you know, seeing his will be done here yeah. on earth, then he will move mountains. He'll do it. And we will be there to serve him and to worship him when it's done. So That's right. both with the, the night tomorrow night, our global prayer gathering and actually starting every single day in prayer as um, the IJM community. We just try to remain focused on where we stand in this fight and who's leading it. That's right. Yes. I I love that you, one of the things that I observed um, when you were presenting at PBCC is that your message was one of Christ first Mm -hmm. and, um, and then of his justice. That's right. And uh, I just, uh, that really jumped off the page to me because, uh, you know, so often I find myself just getting right to the work, mm-hmm. you know, getting busy um, and do it, pulling a Martha, I call That's it. right. <laughs> That's right. Let's just get busy and go, go get stuff done in the kitchen there. And, you know, and, and, and it's, it's something that you don't even realize you're doing sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so taking that time to just pray Mm -hmm. and just to recognize who am I, who am I? Yeah. And let all of our anxieties and frustrations and stresses kind of settle into their proper places Mm -hmm. so that we can remain focused at the task at hand. And our, our leader, Gary told us recently that like the most important mission of IJM is to transform each one of our hearts to become closer to Christ. Mm -hmm. And when I first heard that, I almost felt like, how could we even compare my faith journey with these girls that are being serially raped in brothels like Mm -hmm. that? She is my priority. Like if I grow stronger in my faith because of it, then great. Mm -hmm. But actually it's quite the reverse that we are all here to grow stronger in our faith. And we do that by serving him and listening to his command to seek justice for the oppressed. And that's just a a complete paradigm shift for my entire life that I just joyfully tell anybody who will listen because I think there's just so much beauty and and joy to come out of that perspective. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because there there was a time when I wasn't ready for that message. Mm -hmm. When I first started, uh, I was busy working at rescuing the girls and and, and that's, I know, the Lord knows how I am, so he let me go Mm -hmm. there for a while. Mm -hmm. And then one day there was someone who needed rescuing and he said, "Don't, don't get them. And I said, what? What are you talking about? And he said, don't. He said, this is not about human trafficking. What you're doing is not actually about human trafficking. It's about obeying me and about being at my feet and about following my commandments. And I might just shift you and say, you're now going to go serve veterans or you're Mm going to go serve homeless and you're not doing this anymore. And will you obey? 
Because I have my, my ways are not your ways and my That's thoughts right. are not your thoughts. That's and right. it was just like, ooh, zinger. Like, wow. okay. So at that moment, um, you know, he kept me on the path, but it was almost a moment of just, just remember who's who's on first, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. Right? That's a great way to put it. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> so as he leads, right? So, okay, we're going to come, we're going to take a break and we'll come back. We have some other things going on in the community. And thank you so much for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with Amanda Voss of International Justice Mission. And I've just so enjoyed spending time with you. Um, oh, same here. Yeah, thank you yeah. for all that you do. I really look forward to spending time in prayer tomorrow together. And uh, I just want to say a quick prayer for you, if you don't yes, mind. please. Thank um, you. So, Lord, thank you so much for Amanda for creating her um she is such a wonderful woman and mother and sister and wife and just she's just a gift that keeps on giving lord i i pray that you would just restore her refresh her renew her god moment by moment day by day and and lord just uh, widen her um territory lord uh, help her to draw near to you in times of trouble and in times of joy bless her lord in jesus name amen Amen. Praise <laughs> the Lord for you, Vanessa. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we're just going to dive into um, uh, some things that are going on in the community and um, invite you all to come out and join us. Uh, we're always uh, excited to meet a new face. So just come on out, uh, starting with uh, tomorrow again, the 21st at the Bay Area Prayer Gathering. That's a mouthful. And that's at the Peninsula Bible Church in Palo Alto. And that's 3505. Middlefield Road. Um, do join us six o'clock and we'll be there for reception. And then the service starts at seven. Uh, also following on May 23rd, Alliance for Girls is having their annual conference called Together We Rise. That's from 830 to 4 p.m. at the Oakland Scottish Scottish Rights Center in Oakland. And uh, please do uh, come out and uh, we'll, we'll be there as well. So we look forward to seeing you there. Also, the Saffron Strand 8th Annual Homeless Workforce Conference. That's June 12th through 13th and it's called Workstream. What can we do to prevent homelessness? And that's going to be at the Richmond Memorial Auditorium, uh, 403 uh, Civic Center Plaza in Richmond. Um, I love my darling friend Yvonne will be hosting that event and you don't want to miss it. That's always a, just an awesome event. Uh, June 10th through the 18th is uh, Batsy Bay Area Anti-Human Trafficking Coalition. They're hosting an event called Before Our Very Eyes and that is at the San Mateo County Fair. And so please do uh, join us out there. And then, of course, we want to just remind you to support us. We have a community store, Double Portion Community Store, which is at 22580 Grand Street in Hayward. We have a $2 Tuesday on Tuesdays, obviously. And uh, so come on out and get some great deals for just $2. And that we're open from 10 to 5. We've changed our hours. It's from 10 to 5, Monday through Friday. And we do accept donations, um, but we ask that you call or email 
email ahead of time by emailing donations at loveneverfailsus.com. Of course, uh, we want to invite you to pray with us every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. And you can dial in at 641-715-3580. And the access code is 610975. Uh, so join us for prayer. We pray for about an hour together corporately. And uh, we do uh, covet your prayers. We also will have a time of fasting coming up in June, which we'll fill you in on a little bit more. And of course, uh, we want to invite you out to our third Saturday outreaches. Uh, There will be one coming up here uh, fairly consistently in June, on the third week of June. So mark your calendars. That's June 17th. And uh, we go out to Bay Area cities and and started around 6.30 p.m. at uh, Faith Fellowship Church in San Leandro. Uh, So there's lots of ways to get involved and uh, basically take action, as we said. And and we want to also encourage you, keep us in your daily prayer. Uh, We we really covet your prayers. And there are so many of us that are um, doing this voluntarily while working full time and caring for our families. And and we need to know that uh, we just need to feel that you're you're out there interceding on our behalf. Um, We also want to invite you to uh, join us as a partner, financial partner. We invite you to be one of the million ways that we solve human trafficking by giving just $1 a month or whatever the Lord places on your heart. You can do that by going to loveneverfailsus.com forward slash million. And there you can sign up to be a million, be one of the million ways that we solve human trafficking or, um, again, support us in some other way. Uh, there's also information there about how you can volunteer with Love Never Fails. We do have a, a volunteer orientation once a month that will provide you more information. So um, go on our page, uh, loveneverfailsus.com, and poke around, get to know a little bit more about us. You can also like our Facebook page, uh, which is Love Never Fails, and um, our uh, Twitter feed, which is Love Never Fails 5. Okay, so I think we have uh, about covered all of the different ways you can get involved. Again, we just we just love you. We appreciate you. And and we um, we 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 really enjoy your partnership as you listen every every Saturday at 3 p.m. and Sunday at 6 p.m. And um, and then you can also join us online at kfax.com. All right. Well, we're going to sign off here. And of course, we always want to sign off by making sure that you know that You are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org, by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. Abolition Radio is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported, nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in sex trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to abolitionradio.org and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. Our theme song, Courage to Believe, is by Justin McRoberts. Hear more about his passion for justice and art at justinmcroberts.com. Our audio engineer is Jarrell Martin, and this is Dave Naderhood. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita, and the whole team at Love Never Fails, Thanks for listening, and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free. You're-
General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.